Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's up, fellas? Why would you start it like that? <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to this week's podcast. I'm Lexi. And I'm Gabby. And, and we're, we're the, the Fuller, Fuller sisters. sisters. Gabby is just on one now that she is, like, <laughs> on a dating app. What's up, fellas? As if all of our listeners aren't <gasps> no, I girls. Just spent, I spent all day in a hair salon, and I just all my energy is hitting me now at 9:30 p.m. Great, as I'm falling asleep. Well, this week we've got a very <laughs> exciting episode. We have Chelsea J Curtis on the podcast, but before we Ooh. get into that, let's talk about the weekly scoop. Gab, take it away. Okay, well, nothing else in my week matters except today I finally <laughs> finally dyed my hair um like an ashy platinum blonde and I'm obsessed with it. I've wanted to do this for so 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 long and I finally made an appointment. It was my first time getting my hair professionally done and it is now addicting because i will forever go back because she was absolutely amazing but i got there at 9 30 well i got there at 9 32 this morning it took me a little bit extra time starbucks had a long line but i probably by the time we sat down and started it was probably closer to like 9 45 10 o'clock and i didn't get done until six o'clock so i was there for eight hours um it did not feel that long at all i vlogged the whole process and she um is, like explained everything she did to my hair if you guys are wondering but I absolutely love it I feel like it fits my personality so well I love the color she cut my dead ends off and she like couldn't get over how healthy my hair was which is something that I was definitely nervous for going such a bright bleach blonde because I know that sometimes you have to sacrifice like the strength and the health of your hair for that color and she didn't even think we were going to get accomplished in one session the color that I wanted because it was so bright and she obviously didn't want to completely fry my hair and then we ended up getting it like on the first try pretty much and she was like I cannot get over how well your hair just held to this color and how strong and healthy it is still like she mentioned that probably like seven times so it must have been very healthy so I'm proud of my hair I absolutely love it so much and yeah everyone that I've showed it to is like obsessed with it I really really like it it looks great go check it out on Instagram Yes, I posted on Instagram already. Okay, what else did you do this week? I don't know. What day is it? Friday already? Dang. Um, oh, Kai was here. Mm-hmm. So Kai was supposed to come. He was supposed to come last Wednesday. Got to the airport. Realized his flight wasn't until Thursday. So he came on Thursday. He was just going to come for 4th of July weekend, which, haha, 4th of July was boring, um, to say the least. But... Luckily, Kai was here, and then he was supposed to leave on Sunday, then change his flight to Tuesday, and then change his flight till Thursday. And we had a blast, and now that I have a second room open, um, even if he doesn't live here full-time, I think it's going to turn into his room, and he's going to be here a lot. And that makes me really happy, and I vlogged, and all the comments were just like, you can tell how happy I was just having him around and just like hanging with friends again. So I definitely want that energy in my life, and I'm really excited, so. I guess I'm just guess i'm just chopped liver okay well Well, i've been begging you to fly down or live here but you're in dental school and your boyfriend doesn't want to somehow anymore oh he just said the other day he was talking to somebody and he's like 
talking about possible jobs down there, but I don't, I don't know. Okay. What? Don't even. What did I do this week? Oh, I started school. You started school. I started school. Um, and I'm just like not, not in the groove of this whole waking up at like 7.30 for an 8 a.m. lecture and balancing that with going to the dental office to help and work a little bit and having to study for a quiz today. Like, I will Gross. say I am grateful that Monday, Wednesday, Friday is completely online and I can stay home. I do love that very, very much. Um, it sucks, though, because one of our classes is supposed to be an oral surgery boot camp in which we do a lot of cool things hands on. We get to try nitrous on each other, like all these cool things and suture and all that. And we can't do any of it. So that kind of sucks. Um, but we are able to do our lectures and we have implant lab Tuesday, Thursday, either in the morning or the afternoon. They split us in half and we wear masks and distance us around and all that good stuff. But other than that, it's pretty much my week. Do you have anything else to add? Nice. Let's see. <laughs> At Chipotle, it was really good. Cloud is sitting next to me. Really cute. He's sleeping right now. Um, it was raining on my way home. Like, scary raining. But don't worry, everyone. I made it home safely. And that's it. I have a lot of energy. So I think I'm going to go hang out with friends, maybe. Or my friends can come hang out here. Oh, there was a lizard in my apartment. I went outside to watch the sunset and I was walking back inside and I had to wait for cloud to come in and a lizard ran in and I will kill any bug like spiders, centipedes, cockroaches, like literally nothing bothers me. Lizards and worms. Lizards don't bother me when they're outside. When they're inside in my apartment, I was legit about to run out of my apartment and never return. I hate that. And that is the bad thing about living alone now is I have no one to kill those for me. Or not even, I didn't want to kill it. I just wanted to get it out. But there was literally no way of doing that. And it was just a small one that I had to kill it. And I'm sorry. But I like literally couldn't. It made my skin just like, oh, you know that feeling? Lizards do that to me. And I. Like the scene in Parent Trap? Yes. <laughs> but it's okay, everyone. I'm now the only resident in this apartment besides Cloud. There are no lizards. There are no bugs. Wow. And everything's okay. You're such a survivor. Thank you for sharing your story. I know. I'm so brave. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, we're going to get <laughs> on to the episode before we babble anymore. So roll the intro music, baby. Order's up. The scoop is hot and ready to be served. Chicken noodle scoop. Okay, so before we jump into our conversation with Chelsea, I wanted to talk about the sponsor of this week's episode of our podcast, which is Feet. Feet believes that happiness is found in experiencing life to the fullest and clothing shouldn't stand in the way of that. That is why they are on a mission to develop pieces that are so comfortable and effortless you can live life in them every day. And let me tell you guys, I was recently gifted a few items from Feet and oh my goodness, it is the most comfortable loungewear I have ever worn. And not only that, but it's also cute. So you don't have to sacrifice the looks of your loungewear for comfort. And they are the softest, most flattering sweatshirts and joggers that I have ever worn. So if you want to get your hands on some quality loungewear, I have a code for you. It is LexiFuller20 for $20 off your order. That is LexiFuller20 and feet is F-E-A-T. So go get yourself some feet clothing right now. All right, so we have a super exciting guest today, and we're really excited because it's someone that we listen to and have followed for a while and watch everything. So do you want to introduce yourself? 
Yes, hi, I'm Chelsea. Thank you guys for having me on. Um, Chelsea Curtis, or Chelsea Jade Curtis on social media. But um, yeah, what do you wanna know about me? I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open book. So for those of you that don't know, Chelsea is on the What We Said podcast with JC, and she also does YouTube. She's a full-time health coach and Instagram and things like that. So if you want, for those of you that do not listen to their podcast or watch her videos, did you want to give just a little background of how you got into your career and things like that with social media and health coach? Yeah, so um, before I wanted to get into social media necessarily, well, actually before that, um, me and my friend JC, I met her, my, who is the co-host of the What We Said podcast with me. I met her in high school and we've been best friends for like 10 years now. So when we were in high school, she was a photographer and Instagram had just came out. And so we were so excited about it because that was the time where if you got like 11 likes, like it went to the number instead of just like how many people. <laughs> and so that was like our goal is we would go take pictures. JC obviously loved photography and so she would take pictures of me, I'd take pictures of her. And that's like literally what we did for fun in high school is went and took pictures, did photo shoots, and then like post them on Instagram just for fun. And so that was really like fun for us. That's when social media was not so much like a worldwide thing where we followed like people from all around the world. It was more just like you followed your friends and maybe people from other schools. But um, for the most part, after that, um, we kind of not went our separate ways, but we're both doing different things. And that's when I really got into health. I had like a lot of health struggles. And I feel like that's the case for most people who do get into the health and wellness field is they have like struggles with it and then they learn how important it is and then they want to help other people. And that's kind of how, you know, what happened to me. So um, from there, I decided to go to, I was trying to pick a major, trying to decide what the heck to even do with my life in general. But I found one of my friends, actually, I went to lunch with her, and she was like, I bet you would love this school. It's um, to be a holistic health coach, and it's called IIN. And I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. I never heard of that before, but it was like everything I wanted to do. It was like a combination of, you know, health and wellness and helping people reach their health goals, but also kind of tackling it with a more holistic approach. So just being a good listener and encouraging people and, you know, talking people through their other problems um, to kind of come to a more holistic wellness place, like a place of more holistic health in general in their own lives. And it's very rewarding. So I went to school there and that's when I got into that. And obviously like this whole time, social media was still a thing. And my and JC obviously was very much into it. She started to be a content creator. So I was always very, um, familiar with it like I had friends who were always doing it um, so it wasn't until we started the podcast that at that point I realized like oh this could be another thing that I do that I love and I'm already kind of doing it so I might as well just amp it up a little bit which has been nice because I felt very little pressure with social media like in terms of you know whatever it is YouTube Instagram um, because it wasn't necessarily like my one goal is to like grow on Instagram. So it's just been a little bit more organic and it's slow growth, but I, I like that better than it if I just like, well, I mean, it would be kind of nice if I just exploded overnight, <laughs> but I mean, most people would prefer like slow and um, like real growth versus something that goes viral for one second that everyone forgets about. So mm -hmm. yeah. 
did that answer your question? I kind of for, I kind of forgot what the initial question yeah. was, but no, for sure. Yeah, it definitely did. So, would you say that you've always been interested in health, or is this something that you sort of grew into as you got older? Did you have like a dream job when you were younger that you wanted to do? <sighs> kind of. It, I was never the kid that was like, I want to be a doctor or I want to be a lawyer. Um, it would change, like, for career day in elementary school, I kind of just, like, eh, I don't really care that much, like, I either wanted to be a zookeeper, I just loved animals, so I either wanted to be, like, a zookeeper, a sea world person who, like, swam with, what is that called, not a marine biologist, but, you know, a, a, a whale trainer, dolphin trainer, um, or something like that, or a vet, I would, like, maybe I'll be a veter- veterinarian, but that even in high school, like, I was like, well, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do this, but it's always just things, like, that seemed easy that would make money, because I'm just like, man, eh, I don't really care that much, um, I'm way more motivated by fun, unfortunately, <laughs> than by, like, <laughs> these, you know, other goals, but, um, like I said, after high school, my health declined in terms of just mental, emotional, physical, I had like gained weight, which isn't a bad thing. It just was in an unhealthy way. Like I had started binging, um, my skin, my body was trying to tell me like by my skin and by the way that I felt that it just, something was not right. Um, and I had, I had like always had body image issues. So when you mix that with, you know, all of a sudden just kind of going off the rails like that, it just became a complete mess all around um so it was like I think I was turning 19 like around my 19th birthday I really started to feel like crap basically and that's when I had kind of gotten to the point like my lowest point I had been um kind of in college again not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life had no interest in health necessarily Um, But I had looked into, like, being vegetarian and um, just a couple other things. And my dad and my brother and my older brother at the time were very much into health. So they actually were the ones who told me about this Dr. Michael Greger guy who talked all about plant-based diets. And I was, like, up to this point, I was, like, vegans are, like, weird. They're not, you know, this was, like, 2014. So it was – that was, like, still when people actually asked, like, where to get your protein, you know, like, now people kind of know, but that was when it was just, right. like, such a weird new thing. Anyway, so I started reading a lot about it. My dad got me, in, like, my dad was talking about it all the time to me, and so we were, like, he was kind of trying it out, and I was, like, okay, I might as well try it. What do I have to lose? I'm literally depressed. Um, I'm just very unhappy, and I feel like crap, and... um So I started, I started like getting into a plant-based diet. I started working out more. I started to um, really be passionate about it. And at that time it was more passionate about food and like the science part of it, which kind of caused me to become obsessive and start counting calories. And um, I could see myself losing weight, which I just thought at the time was like the best thing that ever happened to me. So I was like, you know, going into just an obsessive state about it. And that was also miserable. Um, I know a lot of people think like, oh, once you're, you know, once I start to actually lose weight, I'll be happy. 
but unless you're happy when you start, it's very unlikely that you're going to be happy at the end. Maybe you'll get like a, you know, burst of serotonin in your mind when you see the scale that you lost weight. But after that, it basically is just like, well, what's next? Like, can I get any skinnier than this? Um, I'm still not 100% happy. So that must mean that I need to lose a little bit more weight or, you know, whatever. So it was kind of like, I was down at my rock bottom in terms of like eating bad, out of shape. And then I went to the other extreme of like huge calorie deficit, counting every calorie that I lost. And that I like, if I went over in what I ate for the day, I would work that off the next morning and go run it off, which just, so I was basically very unhappy for a couple of years just in general. And then, um, about, I think it was like 2016, I was like getting married and, um, that's when I kind of figured out what eating disorders were. I was like, oh, I thought this was just like anorexia. Like that's what I've seen in movies. I didn't know like binge eating disorder and like I didn't look anorexic. So I was like, there's no way to have an eating disorder. Um, but it's all I think about is food and eating and working out. Like I cannot think about anything else and it's making me miserable. And so that from that point on, I started to kind of go about the recovery process and fig- and it was very actually nice to figure out that I actually had an eating disorder because, which sounds weird, but once I like read that, I did. I was like, oh, this is something that I can like help myself. This is something I can kind of fix and like get, um, I don't have to live like this. So that was nice. And then from that point on, it was kind of all uphill. I started going to therapy. Definitely took me a while to get, um, like kind of to where I am now with my relationship with food. It took therapy, took a lot of self-help books, took a lot of just patience. And that's when I found IIN. That's when I went to lunch with my friend and she told me about IIN and being a health coach. And I was like, oh my gosh. And when I was in school, they talked about like this holistic approach to health. And I was like, this is the answer I've been looking for. Like I'm so passionate about like nutrition and wellness and, um, it was kind of like the best of both worlds where it was, you know, health, you could still be healthy and still like that stuff and be interested in it. And it could still be a career, but it doesn't have to be like how to lose weight in 10 days and all that stuff. So that's the condensed story, I guess. I'm very interested. How is schooling to become a health coach? Like what is like a typical day or like, what are your classes like? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so it's all online. This school, IIN, is like the number one online nutrition school, holistic nutrition school. Um, So it's, again, all online. Um, You don't have like classes per se. You have like material for a week. Um, I can't remember because it's been a couple years how long it was, but it's definitely like a part-time thing. It's not like you're just all day. Um, It's a lot of learning from different, um, you learn about all different diets. So you don't just learn about like, oh, plant-based, you learn about keto and like what everybody is eating at that time, like so that you have a knowledge of everything because they teach you principles about like bio-individuality and how everybody's different and not like there's no such thing as one diet fits all and um, that like primary food is not even what you eat. It's your life in general, like all areas of life, like are you expressing your creativity? Are you, do you have a sense of purpose? Um, how are your finances? How are your relationships? Do you have a social life? Do you have a community? And so you learn each topic kind of within that material. There's not a lot of homework either. 
Um, so it's like mostly listening to lectures and then having like a test at the end of the week. And then if you pass the test, then great, you move on to the next week. But it's a year long. So I don't know if you can do it faster or longer than that, but um, I'm pretty sure it's just always a year. I think it's really interesting that they teach you and you sort of like help others with a holistic approach because I think so many people when they think of health think like, okay, I just need to eat green veggies and go run on the treadmill. And I think that until, you know, your mental health, your social health, things like that are all completely in alignment, you're not going to improve in one area or another. So when you take on a new client, how do you describe to them, I guess, like the different areas of health? Yeah, so I'm... At IAN, they actually teach you, um, or they give you, like, a tool to use with them, I guess. It's called the Circle of Life. And the 12 areas are um, health, home cooking, physical activity, um, creativity, joy, spirituality, finances, education, and career, and social life, relationships, and home environment. Which sounds like a lot, like, when you say it out loud, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to, like, make sure all of those things are in line but when you really think about it like if you don't kind of put them in categories they're always just looming around in your head and it seems like way more than 12 things you're worrying about it seems like a million things um so when i have a new client like a say a consultation um we actually don't go into that until like our first session but um i think even just knowing that for most new clients is like oh, that makes sense. Like, I've never really thought about it in those terms before, but it makes sense that in order to, even if I'm eating perfectly and working out every single day, like even if I wake up at 5.30, go to yoga, have a green smoothie, do an ab exercise, go to cycling class, it's like I can still get sick and I'll still be, you know, I can still be unhappy doing that. I've been there 100% where it's like, I didn't eat sugar, I didn't eat oil, my diet was quote unquote perfect. I was so miserable and I did not feel healthy whatsoever. Um, And I think most people it clicks for them like pretty much right away. Like, oh, this is why I, you know, have been trying so hard to accomplish these health goals yet nothing's really happened from them. So, did that answer your question? Yeah. Okay, cool. After like going through schooling and all the training you did, is it something that you feel like you're constantly still learning or has it gotten to the point now that like on a daily basis, you don't necessarily have to like think every decision through and like you kind of know like within your lifestyle, like how to keep everything balanced and healthy and everything like that? Uh, it's definitely learning every single day. There are times when I feel like that, when my ego gets in the way and I'm like, I know everything there is to know about <laughs> this and like how to live a healthy life. But then something will come humble me real quick, whereas I might not have the same struggles like eating disorder wise and like it it might not show up in the area of food, but it'll show up in other areas. Like it'll show up in finances where I'm like, I have the same mindset about finances that I once had about food where it's like I'm in a scarcity mindset. Um, I have anxiety about it and then I have to kind of do all the steps all over again. And I actually have... um, a coach too. He's not a health coach. He's a life coach. And it's actually JC's dad. He's a life coach. His name's Andrew McKee. And he's awesome. He's helped me a lot in the last couple months. Um, because again, I have to keep learning and I'm only 25. So there's a lot of stuff that I need to continue to learn. And I know that I have a lot to learn in that way. 
Um, but that's what makes it interesting. I feel like I'd be so just bored if I just knew everything there is to know about health. So, so for those, I'm actually going to jump around a little bit. For those people that are sitting out there thinking like, oh, you know, I don't live in, for an example, in LA where I can go to just get a green smoothie down the block, things like that. People complaining that maybe their area doesn't have as many vegan options, things like that. Because I know you come from a big family and not all of your siblings are vegan, correct? Yeah, no, not. Uh, I actually don't think any of them are like 100%, but. So how, do you have any tips, I guess, to sort of start that healthy lifestyle and maybe transition into a plant-based diet in, you know, a situation that isn't ideal for it, I guess? Yeah, that's like actually a great question because that's one of the, surprisingly, that's one of the number one things that people ask me is like, okay, well, how am I supposed to eat healthy when people around me are not? Um, or like the first thing I can do if I'm kind of doing this on my own. And it is hard. It's definitely hard, um, especially if you live with roommates or you have to share food, like you're making dinner for each other or whatnot, um, or your parents make you food, whatever it is. Um, my dad is a great example of this because all through our life he was like a big health nut and he actually has not had sugar and like, like processed, you know, refined sugar since he was like 25, like my age, he just stopped. Oh and the worst thing I've ever seen him eat is French fries. And I'm not kidding you. One time I saw him eat French fries on a road trip because <laughs> he had nothing else to eat. And, um, so he's just always been like obsessed with healthy food. So it was in a, that's just his thing. He likes to do it. It's great. Um, very admirable. Lots of self-discipline. Um, but he always just did his own thing when it came to food. He never complained if my mom didn't make him a, his own special meal or like if we're going somewhere, he just, you know, goes and shops for himself and he has his own little part in the fridge where he keeps his food and never, I think the main thing is people don't care as much as you think that they do. Um, especially if you're like going out to eat and you're like, I don't want to be a bother and there's like no vegan food here or I don't want to be the annoying friend and like ask the waiter like, hey, do you guys have any plant-based options? Does this have dairy? Does this have this in it? And it's like, you just have to get over that because nobody cares as much as you think they do. Even if they, if they do care, it's kind of like, why? That there's no reason to care if someone's just trying to, you know, eat better for themselves. Um, and also I have kind of lactose intolerance, so I would always think I'm not going to just make people feel comfortable for two seconds and not ask this waiter if there's cheese in this and then have a stomach ache all night. Like I'd rather just be the annoying friend for a little bit and then be fine for the rest of the night and feel good about what I ate um, instead of be like at the toilet all night. So um, that's my first thing. And then my dad always says, just choose the best option available. So wherever you're at, so if you are at home and your mom's making dinner, first of all, if you ask, um, sometimes people forget that they can ask people to do things like clear content communication does wonders. Um, most people want to help you. So, um, if you were to ask your mom, like, Hey, do you think that if she's making a casserole or something, do you think you could make like a little square of it without the chicken in it or like without the cheese on it? Um, and then you can add your own stuff to it. That way she doesn't have to make you a whole new dish or anything like that. Um, that's a great way to just start out is just simply ask. And, um, what was I just, oh, and the choosing the best option available is just, if you're out to eat and you're the only plant-based person ever wants to go to like Red Robin or, or something like, or like a steakhouse, 
Um, just choose the best option that you can. It doesn't necessarily have to be 100% plant-based. I wouldn't beat yourself up about it. Um, but just choose what you think would like help you feel the best. Um, and don't, again, don't beat yourself up if it's, if it's not perfect. Just remember you're doing your best. Um, I kind of want to go back to when you said you had a life coach and you've gone to therapy and all of that. Um, how would you categorize like being a health coach? Like what you specifically accomplish with your clients and like what makes it different than going to a nutritionist or a life coach or any of those? Yeah, that's a good question. So as a health coach, we make it very clear that we are not replacing a doctor, a therapist, a nutritionist, a dietitian, anything like that. Um, we're kind of the guide on the side. So I always tell people like, I'm here to help you with your homework. So a lot of my clients do go to therapy or they do, you know, already go to like an acupuncturist or something for something else. I'm not necessarily here to work through your trauma and do all those jobs or like diagnose you. That's not my job. I'm here. If you go to the doctor, it's usually about an eight minute appointment. Actually, that's like the average of what they are. Um, where it's like, how can they get a whole medical history from you and ask you all these questions in eight minutes? It's like very unlikely they're going to get the full picture. So that's kind of what I'm there for is to kind of get the whole picture. And if they say, okay, look, you have this and this and this, you need to eat better. Bye. See you next time. It's like, oh, okay. Um, now what? So, um, or if your therapist is like, Hey, we want to, you know, add this into your routine good luck, bye, I'm there to kind of implement them, help you do the homework, and like actually say like, okay, how are we going to get you to be journaling every morning, or how are we going to get you to exercise more, like, let's experiment, which ways do you like to exercise, um, how has it worked for you before, what are you, you know, some people don't even have these big issues, it's more just like, I'm not happy, um, and I'm really struggling with my body image, like most 20-year-olds and up, actually, just like most everybody any age and that's kind of where I come in to just encourage hold accountable accountability is a huge one um, which is why I initially got a coach is because I know how powerful it is like the power of accountability and having someone that you know you're going to talk to next week um, so that's why I initially got one because I was like I I feel like I know you know these questions to ask myself and how to figure out but it's just makes such a big difference to have somebody else there who's first of all unbiased and is not like your mom or your friend or somebody who's just gonna be like oh, you don't need to do that like no that's fine um who's gonna be like hey did you do this thing that you needed to do great okay if you didn't what was holding you back um how are we going to like move forward so it's kind of nice it's just somebody there like in the behind the scenes I guess and you said you meet weekly. Do you do it for like a certain period of time or like does it all yeah. depend? So we, I actually meet twice a month. So every other week. Oh. Um, and then my program currently is a six month program. So most people will renew, but that's kind of what you commit to at the beginning is six months, um, which is a good amount of time. I feel like it's not too long, not too short. So you can like actually get some stuff, you know, accomplished. Um, but yeah. So going back to body positivity, we get a lot of questions about that and I think when people you know think of their stereotypical somebody with an eating disorder or somebody who has you know body image issues they think of like a model or ballet dancer these very specific groups and I think 
what people don't realize is everybody struggles with something at one point or another regarding their body and I know it's huge in cheerleading and even in dental school with all the stress people see so many changes in their body so I guess what are your tips on how you overcame that and you know how you help others see how to I guess fix their mindset to then fix anything else they want to work on physically yeah well that's a pretty loaded question because there's so um like so many different struggles on the surface like people will have different complaints or it looks like people have different complaints but really what it all is is we're all just trying to love ourselves um regardless of what that issue is so some people are like oh i have body Im- i have body issues or body image issues because i have you know a wide i have wide shoulders or like i have um too much flab on my stomach or like this is why i have this <clears throat> but really like there's really nobody who in their 20s just naturally with everything that is just ingrained in our brains and like from childhood just loves themselves unconditionally we did when we were little kids um until we were like two and we could talk and people kind of showed us that like love wasn't necessarily like unconditional it was very conditional and so I think that's really you just have to go deep and ask yourself like what beliefs that you had growing up that kind of maybe showed you that what you look like is so important to like how worthy you are of love and that's really the main concern in people is like rejection the fear of rejection is worldwide everybody's scared of it that's why everybody is trying to have all these things that's why people are obsessed with working and like have these accomplishments that's why people are obsessed with you know helping people and being that person and some people are obsessed with like um you know being popular or whatever it is that is their thing it's because their fear of rejection they want people to like them and they want people to accept them um and that's just what we learned in school. It's like, okay, if you get on the principal's list, if you get on the sports team, if you get on this and this and this, then people will really start to like you. Colleges will look at you, blah, 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 blah. So you're like, okay, if I don't do any of those things, I'm worthless. I'm like absolutely worthless, which is not true. So um, that's the first thing I think is looking, kind of acknowledging those beliefs that have kind of been put onto you from a very young age that love is conditional when it in fact is not and secondly something that we've actually been talking a lot about me and JC we started this like balance boss course where I talk about health and JC talks about business and it really is just how to find happiness in those areas and basically just how to be happy in general and something we focus on a lot is realizing that all of these negative things that we feel like you know, self-hatred towards our body, um, negative thinking in general, anxiety about things, um, fear, comparison. They're not who we are. They're just learned things. So it's not like part of us. It's something different. Who we actually are is love and peace and service and kindness. And that's what we actually are. Like inside, we have that potential already. Like happiness is inside of us. It doesn't need to come from external sources so i think that's the biggest misconception when it comes to body image is because they think when they're skinny or they think when they're you know pretty if they think they have bigger boobs if they think they have a bigger butt then like people will start to love them and 
most of the time it doesn't really change much like maybe one or two more people will turn their heads but it doesn't fix that it doesn't give them happiness like that's not what is going to finally be the key to like finding what's going to fill that void that you feel it's going to be have to come from yourself first and most of the time when you do start to love yourself first and like loving yourself isn't um necessarily like the kind of love you think you know it doesn't have to be attractive you don't have to think something is attractive to love it like how many things in your life do you love that are not necessarily attractive um so we i don't know why we have like put this thing on ourselves that we can only love ourselves if we are attracted and we like think it's so attractive and beautiful um which i think some people can get misconstrued about body image as well as like okay I have to get to this point where I'm obsessed. I have to tell myself like that I have like I have the prettiest body in the world and that it's so beautiful and I'm like well, I feel like the best place to be is just acknowledging your body and not judging it at all. Not saying it's like overly pretty. Like people get too obsessed with their body. Like I, even I I dare say some people on social media who are so body positive um will go to the extreme and only post about like look at my roles, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. And it's like, why don't we just stop paying so much attention to our bodies? Like, that's not that important. So our body is what it is. Our stomach is what it is. If it has roles, if it doesn't, it's just a stomach. And that's what it is. And it works, which is great. So um, did that answer your question? I kind of went on a long, long tangent, but. Yeah, no, I love that answer. I think that goes with a lot of things where judging it one way or another isn't necessarily going to help you so instead of trying to flip it 180 and be like okay now I'm going to love everything about myself I think it's an awesome you know approach to just take it as it is and if you want to improve on certain things for your health then great but don't focus so much on the physical looks of everything yeah and um I just lost my train of thought was I just going to say Oh, um, my favorite quote of all times is acceptance is letting go of your side of the story. So when people say like, accept someone or accept this, like we need to be more accepting. It's kind of like, well, what does that actually mean to do that? Does it mean support them 100%? What does it mean? And it really just like unconditional, like let go of what you think the story is about whatever it is that you are trying to accept. So if it's your body, let go of whatever story and understand that the belief that you have about it is not the truth. Like that's just how, that's just your, your, um, your reality and you're in charge of that. So if you want to believe that I posted this TikTok a while ago and I was like, I basically was like, if you believe that you're the prettiest girl in the world, it's true. And if you believe you're the ugliest girl in the world, it's true. Because that's literally all that you can really work with is your perspective of things and your reality. And so if you just kind of accept your body, you're letting go of your story. Accept other people is huge too. Like in relationships, what at friendships, in your family. When you accept them and you let go of what your story is of how they are or what they're like all of a sudden you're like, oh, it is so easy to love you. Like, I'm just, I just love you for who you are and, and not for what you do for me or what you do to other people. It just, it's so much more meaningful, I guess. Like Lexi mentioned earlier, unfortunately, this is like a huge thing in cheerleading because with being a flyer, you have to be like, you don't have to be a certain size, but that's kind of what it's come down to. Like, you have to look a certain way. We wear like the half top uniform. So like your stomach has to look a certain way. You have to fit this like stereotype. And I know a lot of our audience is cheerleaders because it like came from my audience. So I definitely want to kind of help 
those people listening because unfortunately it's become like a toxic thing in cheerleading because that's such like a big thing with the looks and being able to stay in the air and everything and I've seen so many people go through the eating disorders or just being so obsessive over their calories or what they're putting in their body and completely like depleting their body of food that they can barely get through a practice because they have to fit a certain way because they want to do this and unfortunately a lot of the times they get rewarded for it because it's like oh now you're small enough like you can become a flyer you can get in the spot that you wanted to be and then I feel like it kind of just goes even farther downhill or then other people see it and it just causes like a train reaction and I feel like it happens a lot of times for when girls are like maturing into their body and their body is meant to go through changes so I guess I know there's no like secret to success or like the handbook of this is what you have to do to kind of not do that but did you have anything specific that like really helped you or just things you learned from when that happens like how to kind of get your mindset out of it or ways that like for those that do still live at home like ways that they can talk to their parents about it to try to help them or what they can do yeah dang that is a hard that's like a tough position to be in because Mm -hmm. um I did dance all growing up and swim which are kind of opposites like in swim you don't necessarily want to be like super small and petite but you like want to be tall which is actually just uncontrollable um but at the same time in dance I thought the same thing like whenever I would see myself on stage and and it wasn't the same as necessarily what you're saying like being a flyer you don't have to like physically be liftable but I would always just want to be like the smallest one on stage and I feel like that's just such a you know and I didn't wasn't in ballet but I know it's even worse with ballet because you're in such like tight clothing all the time and um you want your lines to be pretty and you want it to seem like almost pre-pubescent, that's like the body type that they want. Um, And so unfortunately I didn't like, I kind of went through all of dance and everything still with that mindset and it wasn't until I kind of got out of those things that I started to kind of actually get myself help. So I don't have any specific advice necessarily for people in it besides to just start taking steps to accepting yourself. Like that's really all you can do. And if that means like, if it's so toxic that you're not happy anymore, then what's the point of even doing it? You know what I mean? If you can, Mm. um, there's a point when you're, you like accept and love yourself so much that you want the best for yourself. So you will be disciplined. And and I think people have this fear that if they do love their body, especially girls, it's like the, okay, if I love my body and I accept it, then I'm gonna stay exactly how I am and I hate the way that I look, so I can't love my body because I'll have no motivation to change it, which is completely a lie. Like, think about everything that you love, you want the best for it. Like, someone that you accept and love completely, like, even your parents to you, or like, to me, to my dog, I'm like, okay, I love my dog no matter what, and I will do whatever to make sure she's healthy, happy, and just ha- like has a great day every single day. So if that's how you were with yourself, you're going to have the intuition telling you what is the best thing for you. Whether that is, you know, eating a cleaner diet or if that is, you know, working out in a way that you love. And if it is like, I love cheerleading and that's like what brings me happiness and I can I can love myself and still do this. But if there's, I feel like it comes to a point where like what's more important, um, your happiness and your mental health or doing the sport that maybe I don't even like, like maybe, you know, sometimes we do these things that it's like, we've just been doing them for so long that we think it's what we have to be because we've invested time in it, but it's maybe not even what we want to do. So it's like, 
I don't need to waste any more time on this. Some, one of the best advice that my economics teacher in high school, Mr. Waller, he was a handsome young guy. He gave us the advice of, um, it, this is actually it, like economic advice, but he said, if there's two grocery store lines and like you're waiting in line and you've been waiting in line for an hour, but then they open up a new cashier and they say, hey, do you want to come in this line? Like, are you going to just stay in that line because you've invested so much time in it? Or are you going to go to the new line? Because it's like, yeah, of, co- you're, of course you're going to go to the new line. But yet in life we do these things where it's like, because we've been staying in line all this time, we've been like investing so much time in it, we just feel stuck. And we feel like that's what we have to be doing all the time. Yeah, I think that's great with <laughs> with so much in life. Like I just went through a breakup and it's kind of that same situation. It's like you were holding on to something because that's what you were used to. You liked the idea of it and that was like comfortable to you. But if you're not truly happy, then why even hold on to it like if there's something so much better on the other side then you gotta like take that chance and unfortunately get out of your comfort zone and kind of be uncomfortable for a little bit so that way you can be happy in the long run so yeah that's really good advice no totally i'm sorry about your breakup that sucks breakup <laughs> it was sucks. the best it did suck but it was the <laughs> yeah we're, your sister <laughs> so w- my last like physical health question for you i guess what would you tell somebody that says, you know, I just hate working out. There's nothing I can do that I like working out. I've tried this. I've tried that. Mom, if you're listening, this question's for you because I'm so sick of hearing her tell me. I just don't like working out. I'm like, there are so many different things that you can do to just be physically active. What, I guess, are your tips when it comes to that? Yeah, um... Okay, this is actually something I struggle with because when I was working out, it was like so triggering for me to go back to the gym after I had like recovered because that's when I I told my coach this. I'm like, I feel like those my eating disorder literally lives at the gym and as soon as I walk in, I can like see her and she's still there and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't be in here, which is obviously just made up. But um, I couldn't go back and I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to be inactive and just sit on my butt all day. But I had to get creative, and that's something luckily they teach at IAN is like experimenting with different kinds of exercise, and different body types actually um, respond to different kinds of physical activity. So, for example, some people are built like really competitively, and their body you can just tell like it's symmetrical, it's like athletically built, um, it's a little bit more like muscular, and a great thing for them is competitive like sports so even that is um something that gets them going and that gets them like motivated um so whether that's when you're older it's not necessarily as easy as when you're you know in high school or college but maybe joining um a tennis league or maybe joining um a cycling class and then people who are more petite or fragile um maybe more long and lean they're better off doing most of the time again this is case by case but i'm just generalizing here they're better off with like dance or like yoga or something that's lengthening and calming and grounding um not anything too hard like i would really most of the time crossfit is not the best for those kinds of people because it's just not what their body is like built for and that's fine um and so there's like lots of um ways like that to kind of figure out what is your best you know, option there. And it can be different. Like 
for example, I don't have a set workout routine that I do every single day because first of all, that's boring to me and it like puts me kind of back into that mindset where I'm like, gotta get this done, gotta get this done. So some days I'll do like a 30 minute yoga thing. Some days, well, I can't really go to classes anymore, but I used to go to like cycling classes. Um, most days I'll just take like a long 45 minute walk, which is great. You can speed walk, you can like sprint for, you know, 30 seconds and then walk for a minute, sprint for 30 seconds, walk for a minute. Um, Yoga and cycling are new, or not new, yoga's definitely not new, but like cycling classes are new and exciting because they are, they're really fun and um, they get your heart rate up, you feel like you're actually, you know, kind of biking and whatever, it's a fun community to be a part of. Um, So yeah, there's lots of different ways. I would say um, for people who don't like working out and they say that, to join some kind of community, like have other people that you do it with, because if they're more social, like if that's something that really gets them going is like socializing, that's going to be a fun thing for them to do. It's like, see, you know, maybe they go to like a boot camp, or maybe they go to have a personal trainer that they do with a couple other women or um, yoga classes or anything like that. I have one more question also, because it kind of goes back to the mom situation. Like when she looks in the mirror and she's like, oh my God, like I hate the way I look or like points out little things like um, how as a friend, especially with someone that's going through an eating disorder, I know sometimes what you say, even if you don't mean to, it could kind of do the opposite and it kind of hurt them or like drive them down more into that path. So how would you say, like what helps the most as being a friend with someone that does have body image issues or any type of eating disorder or they're just like going through it and then? What can you do to help them or what can you do like say to help them? Do you have like any tips on that? Yeah. Well, I have one what not to say, and that is a very common one that is met with good intent. It's like it's with good intentions, but the path to hell is also paved with good <laughs> intentions. So, um when someone says like I'm so fat, like I look so fat, and then people say, "No, you look beautiful." <clears throat> kind of in their mind, like being fat is all is like already their worst possible fear. So when you say no, you're not fat, you're beautiful to them. It's like, oh, so the opposite of beautiful is fat. So if I do feel fat, which also I don't believe you when you say I don't look fat because like I just see myself and like I can't, you can't tell me what I see and what I don't see. Then that kind of signifies to them like, okay, if I'm fat, I cannot be beautiful. So I definitely need to like lose some weight or something. So there's, I mean, you can get creative, but um, really most of the time people don't want a solution. They just want someone to listen to them. And it can be hard when somebody is telling you a problem where you're like, don't you see the solution? It's like right in front of your face. Um, Usually they know, usually they do know the solution and they're just trying to vent and get that feeling out. So validating them, if they say like, oh, I look so disgusting or I look so fat, just say, don't talk about yourself in any kind of negative way like you are so amazing talking about their personality talking about like trying to just avoid their looks altogether um because you know when someone compliments your personality it feels so much better than when someone even compliments like your appearance like if someone's like oh my gosh like you have the prettiest eyes I'm like oh thank you like but if someone's like oh you have the best sense of humor I'm like wow I will remember that you said that to me for like 10 years um so I don't, it can be kind of tricky, but again, it's almost better to just be like there and listening to them and validating their feelings and like letting them know how much it can suck to like feel that way. Like if they say like, oh, I just do not feel cute right now, maybe saying, 
I know I hate that feeling. Like, I definitely felt like that, too. Like, but I think you look great. Absolutely. Or something like that. Well, I think that we are going to wrap it up. We're at, like, 45 minutes. So thank you again for coming on the podcast. We are so excited. Why don't you tell all of our dog-loving, TikTok-watching followers because you have so many different platforms that I think that they would all love why don't you give a shout out I guess to all of your different socials and where they can find you yes I would love to um okay my tiktok is chelsea jade curtis although did you hear that they might ban tiktok no I was in the United States yeah I heard that but I didn't know if that was like a legitimate thing or if they were just like throwing it out there because they're doing a I lot think, of that these days. I know. I th- I think I heard someone say, like, the Secretary of State even, like, said that they might do it. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is actually getting real. Well, that's not good. I have not peaked on TikTok <laughs> yeah. yet. I'm still on the upswing. I know. I'm like, okay, um, TikTok brings me so much happiness, but that's fine. Just take it away from us. Um, they're just <laughs> trying to take the power away from Gen Z, I feel like, but whatever. We'll live. Um <laughs> So yeah, TikTok is Chelsea Jade Curtis. My Instagram is Chelsea Jade Curtis. My YouTube is also Chelsea Jade Curtis. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-Y-J-A-D-E Curtis with a C. Um, Our podcast is What We Said Podcast on Instagram, or you can look it up on Apple iTunes Store, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. And then our Bounce Boss course, actually we're doing a new course starting August 3rd, and our registration for that is opening up soon. So if you want to follow our Instagram to stay tuned for that, it is balanced boss course on Instagram. I think that's it. That's a awesome. lot, but yeah. Well, we will definitely link everything when we post about the podcast as well. So thank Perfect. you again thank for you. coming on. We had a blast, and I actually mm-hmm. feel like I learned so much. Oh, <laughs> good. Like, maybe I'm going to sign up because <laughs> I feel like I learned a ton. Nice. Thank you. Thank you but, so much for having me on. I very much enjoyed it. Thank you. Yes. I know some of the, these are like some of the most important mm-hmm. topics, but also some of the hardest to talk about and some of the most taboo that people just try to stray away from. Definitely. So thank you for sharing your knowledge with us and our audience and kind of using your experiences for the better. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. It was so great having Chelsea on the podcast. We definitely talked about some very real, hard, but very important topics. And we're very thankful that Chelsea was willing to share her knowledge and her experiences with us. And we hope you guys learned something that you can take away and just kind of help make your life a little bit better. So as always, follow the podcast Instagram, chicken noodle underscore scoop. We have some exciting things on there, and that is the best way to participate in our episodes. Also, make sure to go follow Chelsea and check her out. We seriously love her, and we are so thankful that she was on the podcast. Yes, I will link all of her information in the podcast description as well. And before we end the podcast, I wanted to read a recent review. You guys are pulling through and there are so many reviews coming in. We have 182 ratings and we appreciate all of you. If you have not, we would really appreciate it if you rate and review the podcast. So this week's review comes from Sarah underscore Alexis. I've been following Gabby for years and I was so excited when they started the podcast. I've been listening since the beginning and I love it so much. Thank you, Sarah. That is so, so nice. I truly think that we have the best listeners and followers on this podcast everybody is just so kind and I am very grateful that we started this and got to virtually meet all of you yeah seriously I love just how we have like a real connection and it's the podcast gives us a way to like actually talk to you guys and connect with you guys and I feel like you guys are our friends we have so much fun speaking of we should do another Instagram live very soon 
Yes, we will do that soon. Our next episode with just me and Gabby is going to be interactive as well. So head on over to the podcast. You can participate in that one. But thank you for listening to this week's episode of Chicken Chicken Noodle Noodle Scoop. Scoop. Bye.